This is Matthew Putman, and you're listening to Utility Function. My guest today is Joe Pistone, the real Donnie Brasco. I've probably seen every mafia movie ever made, so I couldn't wait to look behind the scenes with Joe at the inner workings of the mafia, whose life the 1997 film Donnie Brasco was based on. Joe worked undercover between September 1976 and July 1981 as a part of an infiltration into the Bonanno crime family and to a lesser extent, the Colombo crime family. These are two of the five families of the mafia in New York City. The evidence collected by Pistone led to over 200 indictments and over 100 convictions of mafia members. Pistone was a pioneer in long-term undercover work. I really enjoyed this conversation and I think you will too. Well, thanks, Joe, for coming on. It's good to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. I guess not really here. Um, yeah, I, I guess the idea of being in person is is old old, old school, um, which I find kind of interesting when I think about your life. You're especially famous in a way for being present and being present in, I don't know, kind of dangerous situations. I think everybody, or it doesn't matter generationally. I mean, I was a God, I, I, you know, I was an adult when the film Donnie Brasco came out, but it doesn't matter what generation I talked to. It seems like everybody was, everybody knows the picture, but you really were present. The risk was present. Do you feel that this is such a different world that the necessity to be an undercover, um, you know, undercover with the uh, you know Italian mob would still be required. Yes, I think so. There, you know, some investigations you only can go so far uh, overly, and then you you know if you can uh, start a covert operation, because what you have is you have the actual undercover who is a you know a certified law enforcement officer. Uh, you have them gathering evidence. Uh, and then once you go to court, you have the, an officer testifying uh, in court versus uh, maybe an informant testifying. And um, more credence is placed on the, uh, the law enforcement officer than, than on an informant. And, you, and in working undercover, the, uh, the undercover agent is more dependable than an informant because, you know, an informant's doing it either for monetary gains or to work off of beef, uh, get, a, get a lighter sentence, where the undercover agent's doing it because that's his job. Uh, right. That's his profession or her profession, you know, going either way, uh, either the female or the male undercover. Yeah. I, oh, so I, I guess that I was being kind of stupid about this. So a, a big part of your job is not surveilling per se, but driving the conversation in 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 the direction that will lead to the best outcome. And that's something you can't do no matter how small cameras get um, and placed in social clubs or something like this. Exactly. Uh, and, and that's why it's, it, it's good to have a, you know, a certified law enforcement officer uh, working undercover and gathering evidence because they know what evidence they need for that particular violation. And they're in a conversation with the bad guys 
and they know what to elicit from the bad guys in order to further the operation. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's hard to tech, to tech your way out of such a thing. It's, this is, it's still humans getting together, trying to develop a trust relationship with each other. You know, I, can we talk about that a little bit? And I mean, feel free to do this in the form of a story or however might get into this, but you know, you, you don't get into these circles that you were into I, unless people really trust you. And I, I'm wondering how that goes in reverse. It's very hard for, uh, you know, sort of unilateral relations. Did you get into the position where even if you felt that what the people that you were after, the bad guys you're after, you don't approve of, do you enter into a place where you trust them in any regard? Well, yeah, you have to form some kind of bond or trust with them to a certain point because, you you know, you get into situations uh, that trust gives you a better shot at a, at a better conversation. And what, what, what you do, it takes a while to build up trust both ways. And, uh, you know, when you're in a situation with, with individuals that you're with 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week, you do find some good in them. And I mean, that's where the trust comes in that, that you trust that, that they will have enough faith in you or trust in you that if something does come up, that that lack of better term, have your back. I mean, right. Right. you know, it, when you infiltrated an organized crime group that is violent, you have to you have to form bonds and you have to have people uh, watch your watch your six because there's going to be you know you always come across people that don't like you as in real life, everybody doesn't like everybody, you know, it's not a kumbaya world. And uh, you're going to find people that don't like it because they just don't click with you. They're jealous of your status within that, within the organization. They think you're making more money than them. There's a lot of variables that go into, into trust. So the first thing you have to do is once, once you become close to these individuals is form a bond or form a trust with certain individuals uh, within that, that target group. Yeah, you know, there's something, it comes from anybody, of course, who's watched the movie, but I also read your book, Unfinished Business, which I thought was fabulous. I mean, it's just, Thank it's, it's um, you know, it's sort of beyond a, a page turner. I thought uh, it was like the t- two-night read. <laughs> um, and I, but then, you know, I, I went and listened to some recordings of some conversations, you know, some some wiretap conversations that you'd had. And the thing that comes from both things are, of course, you had relationships with many people uh, in, in the in the organizations you were working with. But your relationship with um, uh, with Lefty and with Sonny Black, I, of course, are the big ones that are stressed. And it's really Fascinating to me. So, could, do you mind explaining what those relationships were like and how they differed, and maybe how trust played out in, in those? Because they seem to both have trusted you enormously. Oh, oh, sure. Well, you know the difference between between Lefty and Sonny Black. Uh, what I define is Lefty was a twenty four seven gangster. I mean, all my conversations were Lefty. When I say all, oh, probably ninety eight. 97% of conversation with Lefty had to do with the mafia. Uh, he, he liked to say, I'm schooling you, Donnie. 
And he he was. I mean, he was like a, a professor to me about life within the mafia and also the history of the mafia. And it's amazing how much intelligence that I gleaned from him and was able to pass on that, you know, law enforcement didn't know about uh, the mafia. You couldn't have a, 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 a normal conversation with him without bringing in the mafia. Uh, <clears throat> Sonny Black. Now, remember, I'm, I'm talking about two individuals here that are stone cold killers. Right. And, and just to make it clear, they are two different sort of levels of the organization. Right. I, I, for those of us that aren't experts on rank in the mafia, Sonny Black was, you, Sonny Black. I mean, if you could explain that okay. levels between you, uh, Lefty and Sonny Black. So you have a sense. Both of, both of them were, were made men in the mafia. And what that means is that they were inducted into a particular mafia family, which was the Bonanno family, okay? Lefty was a soldier. So everybody comes in as a soldier once you, you get in, indoctrinated, inducted. Uh, <clears throat> Sonny Black rose to the rank of captain. And what that means is that he had a crew under him. He had so many soldiers under him and so many associates under him. Associates are individuals. They're not not made members of the mafia. Uh, it, if, if they are white, male, and Italian, they're, they're getting groomed to become a member. You can, be an, you can be an associate, but if you're not white, male, and Italian, you can never become a, a, a member. Why do did, why did they, they need associates? Uh, look, it's all about making money. You know, an associate could be a good thief, so he's out making money, or an associate could be a politician ah. that can give them, you know, uh, whatever they're looking for politically. An associate can be a, a law enforcement officer. An associate could be a judge. Got it. It's, it's the lobbyist of the mafia. I exactly. Okay. <laughs> and Sonny Black was, you know, was our captain. And later on, at some point, he was the acting boss of the family. And But Sonny was the type of individual, even though, you know, again, we're talking about stone cold killers. I could sit down with Sonny and talk about anything else. Uh, Sonny loved pigeons. He raised pigeons. I would spend a lot of time on a, on a roof of his apartment building tending to his pigeons. And that's the type of individual he was. I used to spend evenings, you know, staying over Sonny Black's apartment when I didn't feel like going uptown to my apartment. Uh, and you God, I'd be sleeping with one eye open during that kind of situation. <laughs> but, you know, like I was saying, he was a different type of individual. You can, you know, you could BS with Sonny about anything where you, you couldn't BS about Ruggiero was a one-way individual. Everything, you know, he never listened to anything you said. It was all about him. To give you a perfect example between the two, Ruggiero always wanted you to do something for him. Uh, but he, he very seldom, you know, reciprocated. Where Sonny Black, now, I'm, I'm talking in the morning, I'd be staying at his apartment, and here, at this time, he's the active boss of the family. He'd get up and go across the street to the bakery and get us coffee and, and hard rolls and butter. If you're from New York, you know hard rolls and oh, butter is a thing to have. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we live for them. That was the difference between the two. 
Well, that's interesting. That's something that's something that doesn't really come out in the picture, but cer- certainly is. I mean, yeah. certainly the lefty side does, which is this idea that, and it's certainly not specific to the mafia, but this uh, obsession with success and people that never quite get it. And because it's a singular obsession, um, don't ever seem to get to the top. I, I find this all, you know, all the time. If you don't, you know, if you don't actually step out for a second and look at the world, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be, you know, it, it's sometimes hard to get ahead. Is that, is that, did you get that feeling that that was part of it? Yes. Yes. Very much so. You know, uh, because like I say, talking, talking to Ruggiero, he, he, he wouldn't listen to you. I mean, he'd be listening to you, but he wouldn't be listening to you where you're talking to, you know, you're talking to Sonny Black. And like I say, a capo and an acting boss, uh, he, he take your suggestions. He, you know, about anything that, that uh, and, and I wasn't a made guy, but he treated me like one, you know, because he liked you. I mean, you could talk, you could talk about things, right? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Did you like pigeons? <laughs> Did I? <laughs> they were I you know right. something about them now, at least. They were all right. <laughs> no, I, I think I think that's that's true. I think that's that's interesting and true with everything that you know. Maybe maybe left people would have gotten farther if you'd listened more. I think so, you know, I mean, because he, he certainly, he was a walking encyclopedia of the mob, you know, of the mafia. Uh, and he, and he had been, uh, <clears throat> he had been in on things from the early days, you know? Uh, so, you know, he was who he was. And like I say, uh, a leopard doesn't change his spots. It, you know, there's a sort of, I'm sympathetic to a mafia, um, fascination because I've never been around it. I've only been too obsessed with watching pictures, right? So I, I, grew up, I love movies. And so you have, even when, even when you, even when you cringe at horrible things that happen, you're enjoying it. It's a movie. You're supposed to be enjoying it. Exactly. But you know, and yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but then a guy like lefty, he's actually in it. He sees people getting killed, right? He sees the, Exactly. Black people. This has happened. <laughs> you know, it's uh, see there, you know, what, what they, what they feel is that within their society, what they're doing is, is legitimate. I mean, you know, when I was, I was proposed for membership, Sonny Black proposed me for membership after, you know, five years. So I, I had asked Ruggiero, I said, uh, lefty. And, you know, to keep your sanity every once in a while, you know, you got to break some chops and, you know, so I said, lefty, why do I want to get made? I mean, what, what's the advantage? I'm doing good now. I'm making money. I'm with, you know, I'm with you. I'm with Sonny, who's the acting boss. And he said, Donnie, he said, let me tell you something. When you're made, you can lie, you can steal, you can cheat, you can kill, and it's legitimate. Man, that's hardcore. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's very hardcore, and that's the belief. That's uh, yeah, but you know, on the other hand, I mean, you know, for, as I said, for somebody like me that watches too many movies, but also has a very like physical, real life. I build things, you know. I'm, right. <laughs> so I mean, like, it's not that I live on watch, you know, in front of a screen. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I have a machine shop. I build things, um, but you know. 
there, there is this, uh, there, there, I mean, it's, it's not that different than if you were to look at good guys in movies. If you look at James Bond, the idea of James Bond is that he has a license to kill. Yeah. Like there, there is something in society that, that says if you can get away with it, you should get away with it. And that maybe this is just an extreme version of that. Have you noticed it in other places in life that it reminds you of God? This is why I see things how how it used to be back when in the in the mob. Well, you know, I I, I don't like to get into politics, but you know, there, oh, I didn't I didn't I, I didn't mean to. I'm not again. I'm not pushing on that. Well, no, I know that, but I'm just saying there are a lot of you know there are a lot of similarities, you know, uh, and I, I I often say once in a while, you know. When I was dealing with with people in in Hollywood, you know, I often said to myself, "Man, I'd rather be dealing with a mobster than." <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And, <laughs> and dealing with them. <laughs> okay, we've got your. I got a good comparison there. Okay, I, I have done stuff in Hollywood, so I have a good. I have a good reference point then. <laughs> but you can appreciate that. <laughs> oh, definitely. But it is it, it, it is really interesting that it's not only that you are allowed to kill people, but it must have been, seemed insane to him that you would even consider the possibility of not being made. Right. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> never thought, you know, starting out that that would it would come to come to that point. But it, it did. Uh, and, um, you know, I, to be honest, which I was kind of flattered that they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, knowing what you know, knowing what they have to go through, you know, and knowing that uh, that the confidence that that they had in me, and you know that obviously, you know, when you're working undercover, you don't you don't pat yourself on the back, you don't, you know, I mean, you don't do it for anything than uh, other than it's a it's an investigation, and you're gathering evidence to hopefully put these people in jail. You don't look for accolades or anything, but when, you know, when, when, when I, when I was told that it was like, man, I must've, you know, I must've really put it over on these guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be hard to be around people for five years and not feel a, a sense of pride that they, that you got, that you really did make it in the door. Especially, you know, Especially knowing the organization, you know, um, yeah, how they operate and uh, and how close knit. Because you know, most most of these these uh, individuals, they all they they have relatives uh, in the organization, or uh, they've grown up in the neighborhoods. Yeah, uh, you have to remember, I came from nowhere, and what I mean by that is, uh, I had no nobody introduce me to anybody. It, it was a cold entry, so to speak. So, uh, just to convince them that you know that I was Donnie Brasco, a good jewel thief, was you know was a pretty big feat. Yeah, well, that that seems like a hard bit, right? So, so I don't know. Tell me if this is true. I, you know, you never know when you watch a movie what is what is it a biopic, something like this, whether how much of it is true. But you know, the the famous sort of start of the picture, you're uh, Donnie the jeweler. You you know, you're and you know, you take this big chance of saying that you know that this diamond is a Fugazi. 
right? Were, did you actually learn learn about Jules? Oh, Who definitely. A big part of the prep. Yeah, that, that was a big part of my preparation. Uh, I went to I went to uh, I went to school to learn about diamonds and precious gems. You have to know your legend, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you have to know your enemy. You know, I mean, the art of war. Know your enemy if you want to defeat your enemy. So, right. Right. but yeah, I, I like I said, I went to school. Uh, to learn about diamonds and precious gems, I spent time with a jeweler uh, in his back room with his diamond guy, and, and until I felt confident that uh, that I can pull some of it off. That's cool. <laughs> I love that. So you know, I, I, I'm going to jump around, and I, I know there doesn't seem to be much cohesion to what I'm talking about, but you know. You you keep talking about the guys is you know you've you have you know it's a, it's a drive it's a mission in a sense right it's not it's it's a job and it probably has its joys and pains like other jobs even though it seems so exotic to some of us um, but you, you know there are other criminals in the world other than the Italian mafia is it because you're an Italian guy you chose this early on that you won't that you, or, or is there experience that made you want to specifically go after these groups of people. No, not really. I, you know, being a, being an Italian, I didn't have any, you know, uh, I mean, I grew up in, you know, I grew up in the neighborhood, uh, Italian neighborhood. I knew, I knew wise guys growing up. Uh, uh, I knew basically what the mob was about, but that wasn't a, a driving force. Uh, <clears throat> you would have been assigned to something else. Yeah, I, I had, bad guys, I, you go and take care of that. I, you know, I had been working undercover for like three years before this. I had just come off a year and a half undercover operation where I infiltrated a, a ring that were stealing high-priced automobiles uh, to order. So I just, you know, when I got off of that, I would just ask if I wanted to take on this assignment. And it was, you know, I agreed. Uh, it, it had nothing to do with it. You know, like a lot of, I, I've been asked a lot of times, well, did you do it because they were Italians and they were embarrassing the Italian people. No, to me, it's just another organized crime group. And I was, you know, fortunate enough to be asked to be the undercover. Yeah. So did you ever write before? You're a writer. I mean, you're a really good writer. I mean, uh, I have to say it's, like it's just, just, just FBI reports. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, back in the day, you had to have, you had to have, uh, <clears throat> those reports uh, in, in excellent condition to give to the U.S. attorney. Uh, but I, you know, I took I took a couple courses in college and stuff. So, do you enjoy it writing writing books? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and uh, <clears throat> it's you know you, you can you can get out get out a lot that you you wouldn't normally di- discuss. I'm I'm not. I'm not a big, big individual that talks about things that I did and what I didn't do verbally, you know, and writing, it gives you, gives me a shot to do that. Cause I'm, uh, you know, they say to be a good undercover, you got to be an extrovert. Well, <clears throat> I'm not really an extrovert, you know, uh, I like people, but I'm not, I'm not very vocal uh, in opinions and stuff. So. Yeah, can you t- uh, tell me a little bit about your process for writing? 
Well, <clears throat> when we get the idea, you know, uh, put it out on uh, on three by fives, and I, I I'm not a fast typer, so I most mean, of my stuff is in longhand, and then you know, uh, in this way, it, it can be uh, corrected more easily for me anyway. When I had when I use a co-writer, you know, I give it give it to give it to the co-writer. We go back and forth with it. So, but it it it's mostly a, a process of just just writing, not not worrying about a uh, form or anything. Just getting it out first, and then worrying about the form and everything else later on. Getting the thoughts on paper initially. Working on anything now? Well. Uh, if I may, <laughs> uh, I have a couple, I, I have a, an audio book out, which is called Capital White. And that's about the, uh, uh, drug problem in the, uh, in, in the U S and it, it has to do with, uh, uh, high level politicians being involved in it. And, uh, I'm doing a podcast with, uh, called the undercovers with uh eddie follis yeah and i do have another podcast out which is out now called deep cover the real donnie brasco and uh i i did i did it uh recorded it about a year and a half ago and it just got released uh we got eight in the can and we're uh, gonna do four more i got that with jam street media I mean, you, you certainly don't have to, but I'm, I'm interested in Capital White. You, might, you talk a bit about it, or would you rather not? Well, it, it's, it takes place, you know, Capital takes yeah, place Capitol, in, I'm sorry. in Washington, D.C., and it, it's about the uh, uh, manufacturing and distribution of uh, the op- opioids, and uh, it has to, I don't want to give away the end of it, oh, but... No, no. Uh, is it fiction or is it is this true story? It's uh, uh, it's let's say I, I get it. When you hesitate like that, I get it. <laughs> it's out at fi- it's out as fiction. Let's, let's <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so it's about the it's about opioid production and distribution. Right. And Washington's a funny place, isn't it? Yes, it is. I know I have, I only started going recently. I, you know, people think that I, you know, I've been in business for, you know, 25 years and people think that I would have spent a lot of time dealing with politics and I never did. And I, you know, I, I am inherently wasn't political person. And now I find just for business sake, I have to be there. And there's a lot of uh, things that, you know, I say it's probably the closest I've gotten to being around what the mafia must be like. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the difference is, is that the mafia doesn't hide that they're the mafia. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, politicians hide behind that they're politicians, you know, if you get my drift. <laughs> yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> I absolutely do. Well, man, I, I really want to thank you so much for coming on. Hey, my pleasure, man. Yeah, it really means a lot to me. I, I hope we can uh, we can meet in person sometime. That would be great. You're you're always welcome for uh, to come and get some Brooklyn pizza and uh, you know come back home. Oh, I will. <laughs> I, I will. I, I I'll hold you to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Once once we can get into the into the city. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, that, yeah, please do. 
Thank you. Uh, thank you. It's Bye. my pleasure. Bye.